Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. All right, so it's no secret that I love my wine. I love sitting down with Darren at the end of the day, having a drink by the fire, connecting and chatting. I love going out for wine with my girlfriends and just letting loose. I love my Wine Wednesday webinars in my membership space, the exclusive Stepmom community, where we have a live call with stepmoms from all over the world, have a cocktail. It's like this virtual stepmoms night in. Wine has been a part of my brand and my social life and just something that I really love for a long time. And for me, wine really symbolizes connection and friendships and relaxation. And I've been thinking a lot about that lately. The intention for me and using wine in my content and while just having wine in general, actually, comes down to like I said, connection, feeling safe, relaxed. And I'm not saying that I can't connect, feel safe and relax without wine. I just like to have a glass of wine and chill. Like it's relaxing. And I know that personally, I have a healthy relationship with alcohol, but that's not the case for everyone. And I may joke about it here and there and say, it's been a day and I need to have a glass of wine or, oh my gosh, I earned my glass of wine tonight. But if I didn't or don't have that glass of wine, I am okay. I I have healthy coping strategies to get me through those stressful days. Now, there have been a few occasions on social media where followers have reached out and said, I cringe every time that you talk about wine in your content or, hey, Jamie, I love your messaging, but you need to lose the whole wine talk. Like you lose me when you start to talk about wine. And honestly, guys, my reaction has always been, well, everyone's not for everyone. Go follow someone else then. And have basically been like, girl, you need to lighten up. Then I came across Jenna DeLulio on Instagram. And she has made me think differently about the whole mom wine culture. She is an up-and-coming content creator, does online makeup tutorials, and is really open about her journey with addiction and recovery. I highly recommend you go follow her. Her content is amazing. And I'm sure after this episode, you are going to go do that. On her platform, she's really passionate about opening up the conversation about addiction, recovery, our relationship with alcohol in our society, and most importantly, why the wine mom culture is just so dangerous. She has really changed the way that I think about alcohol and my content and the wine mom culture, specifically all the TikToks and mommy needs wine memes that have previously made me laugh. Now, I love my wine still. I'm not saying now I don't drink wine or I'm never going to share wine in my content um, because when I think about wine, I still think about connection and winding down. But Jenna has really opened my eyes to how that wine mom content on the internet really has been taken too far. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you. If you were like I was even six months ago and right now as I'm saying all the things that I'm saying are rolling your eyes, look, I get it. But resist the urge to turn this off. I really encourage you to listen to this episode with an open mind. It is such an important conversation and something that we all really need to be aware of. And if it does resonate with you or if you have some aha moments, share it with someone who you think needs to hear it. Share it on your social media. Tag both Jenna and myself. I I just really want to support Jenna and her mission to educate people and change this conversation around addiction and alcohol abuse and... I think this conversation is a really great start. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm Jamie Scrimger, wife, mom, stepmom, life coach, conversation opener, 
and BS caller. Seven years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor with a glass of wine, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Don't get me wrong, I was madly in love, the kids were great, but as a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I was in over my head. When I went to the internet for support, I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support that I was looking for. Raw and real conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But each week I'll bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to help you thrive amongst the tough stuff in life. My goal is to inspire you to live your version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Jenna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I know. I'm really excited for this episode too. So, all right. You know, we have so much to get to. So let's start. Just can you introduce yourself uh, for those who may not be familiar, who you are, what you're about, what you got going on? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Jenna DeLulio, recently married. I got married in October. So my maiden name was Taylor, which was so easy, right? I never had to spell my last name before. And you know now, what? Hold up for a second. My last name was Darling. My maiden last name was Darling, and I changed uh-huh. to Scrimger. Yeah. <laughs> That's love. It's, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I never, I have to get used to like, because everybody's like, whoa, what is that? So I like have to get used to spelling my last name all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I live in Norfolk, Virginia. I'm originally from West Virginia. So I have a platform that really I created whenever I was in my recovery and whenever I was trying to get sober and I was really struggling to find inspiration, I kept looking like, is there anybody that looks like me, that talks like me, that is around my age that I could look to, to inspire me on this journey that I could see that was, that wasn't drinking. And I couldn't find anything like that on social media. So around like six months into my sobriety, I was like, I'm going to start to be more open about this and kind of see how it is. I was terrified. I was like, I remember like posting for the first time about it and it was so well received. And I realized the gap that was there that I think that there aren't a lot of younger adults, which, you know, at the time I was in like my very early thirties that, uh, are talking openly about it because there is such a stigma with addiction. So now my goal is just to work to break that stigma and really create awareness around alcoholism and just things in our culture and our society in general. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, I was telling you offline, you know, and we can get into this more into the episode, but when I would hear people talk about the wine mom culture and addiction and just like the way people are talking about wine on social media right now, I would kind of roll my eyes and be like, okay, can you just freaking lighten up? Like yeah. it's, the intention isn't bad or whatever, but honestly, yeah. listening to you has definitely changed my perspective and the way that I show up online and the way that I think about alcohol and, and all of that. So let's like go back. When mm-hmm. did you know that you had an issue with alcohol? Cause I do think a lot of people have an issue with alcohol, but don't realize that they have an issue because it's very much normalized in our society. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree. I think it's such a, a white noise that we have in our society. Um, I think, first of all, that is the number one question that I get on my platform. I can't tell you how many people will ask, how did you know that you had a problem with alcohol? So I would say in this, it was the beginning of the year in 2017. I obviously bad things. Like I put myself in terrible situations because of alcohol throughout my life and got myself into, you know, what people would consider a rock bottom situation. But I never made those connections that it was because I was, you know, struggling with a substance abuse. So in early of 2017, I started to go to therapy and like within my therapy sessions, my uh, therapist asked me how much I drank. And I, for the first time, I was like, I'm just going to be honest and say it. Mm-hmm. And I told her I was drinking, you know, two to three bottles of wine from like Friday to like Monday. And I remember her just being, she was so jolted. Like she was just like, oh my gosh, you're so small. Like that's so much alcohol for you to drink in one sitting. And I, that was the first time that it like clicked because I was like, oh, like if she thinks this is like a problem, then maybe I'll look into it. So the funny thing is, is like with addiction, you constantly want validation that the way that you're, the way that you're living and the things that you're doing are okay. So I would Google, I would get on and Google like, is it okay to drink a bottle of wine a day? Or is it okay to drink two bottles of wine a day to try to find that way to like (laughs) make it seem like that was all right. Um, And so I ended up relapsing several times during that year. And then in November, I, it wasn't even this crazy story. Like I just went out with my girlfriends. We had a girl's night. And the next day I was like, I'm really going to try to stick to this for a week. And then the week led to a month and then the month led to kind of where I am now. Yeah. And I think that I love what you said there is that you were like, well, is it really that much? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) Because I think that what we think is normal Mm -hmm. isn't actually normal. And I know I used to work at Children's Aid and there was this addiction, um, like the questionnaire that you have to fill out. And I would ask clients and uh, how much they're drinking and da, 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 da. And what would, they would be classified as an alcoholic or having an alcohol problem. And I was like, really? Like, yeah. I don't really think that seems that much, but it's honestly because society has just very much normalized this alcohol conception and it's around fun and socializing and all of that. Yeah. Like it's okay. And, and I think, you know, I think it's good for me to say, like, I don't think, I totally think that there's so many people that can drink in moderation, but there also is so many that they can't. And I think as a society, we look when, when people think of the word alcoholic or alcoholism, our minds automatically go to somebody that's drinking every single day of the week from sunup to sundown. And that's what people class would cl- classify as an alcoholic when in all actuality, alcoholism is a progressive disease. So nobody typically wakes up one day and is drinking every single day. It goes from you're drinking one day to two day to three day to four day. And I could see that progression with myself. Mm -hmm. And 
I feel so honored and I feel so honestly thankful, so thankful for my therapist that we were able to identify that. And I was able to work on that early because a lot of people don't until it's later on in life and they're getting to that point where it's an everyday type of addiction. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people who are functioning alcoholics too, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's just part of their everyday life and they're not, it's not impacting how they show up. It's not impacting their relationships, but Mm -hmm. you know, they have the red shiny nose or they're just like constantly like needing that drink. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, like people drink for different reasons. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I are completely different. So if I have a really rough day or if I'm Mm -hmm. super stressed, I'm like a girl, I need a wine. Like I just Mm -hmm. need to have a glass of wine and just chill. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not like that. He's like, let's go have fun, right? So for him, it's a social fun thing. For me, Mm -hmm. um, it's also a social fun thing. But honestly, like after a long day, I'm like, I I just would love a little glass of wine right now. Mm -hmm. Not a little one, a big glass of wine. And just like sit and chill. And I think that's also important too, right? Like different people have different needs or associations when it comes to alcohol. Yeah. Well, I think like that's the thing is there are so many – There are so many reasons that people will go to drink. You know, I think we, I can't really name one right now in society that there's a reason that people, it's not like not acceptable to do, right? We do it for celebrating um, anything, New Year's, birthdays, um, the Super Bowl, birth, like really anything that you can think of. And then also on the flip side, people will use it to cope as well. Mm-hmm, for sure. And so was there anything about quitting <laughs> that made you scared when it came to like your social life or what is this going to like, what's life going to look like if I'm not drinking? Cause I know there's so many people who are even like, Oh, I'm going to do dry January or I'm going to not drink for a month. And they're like, Oh yeah, well we have that party. So it's, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it next month. Right. Yeah. Like you switch. Yeah. It was terrifying. I can't even tell you how afraid I was because it had become such a part of my life. It had become such a part of who I was. And then that was like another thing too, like what kind of legacy do I want to leave behind that I was like the girl that got sloppy at like events and at Mm -hmm. parties and things like that. So whenever I, I vividly remember sitting in my therapist's office and a conversation that we would have over and over and over again, I would say, so when I get married, I'm not going to be able to have a glass of champagne. And she's like, no, like you wouldn't be able to do that. And that was so scary for me at the time, thinking about putting myself in that moment. And I was like, I can't even fathom because it was so much a part of who I was. Every Friday I would go and pick up my wine binge and then go home and like spend my weekend. So whenever I got married in October, I had the best time and I didn't drink and it in at this stage in my recovery it didn't even cross my mind it was just to be there and to be celebrating and to remember every moment and to be in so much control and have just a genuine time I'm way more myself now than I ever was whenever I was in active addiction I love that and I think that's super reassuring so if you have advice for anyone who's like, okay, you know, I just maybe need to cut back or maybe this mm-hmm. is becoming a bit of a problem. What's your advice? I would say when, whenever I have people like so many people coming in and 
when they say uh, in my inbox, well, how did you know you have had a problem? It was affecting my normal life. That's how I knew that it was a problem. So you have to look at your life and to see kind of where if I was having anxiety, I was having depression, I was having all these things. And to be able to make the connection that, well, if I wasn't binge drinking every weekend and then going into work on Monday, feeling just like a ball of garbage. And the only thing that would make me feel better was either drinking again or stuffing my face with so much food. Then I was able to see, okay, if I cut out drinking, guess what? I'm going to feel a heck of a lot better. And I'm probably not going to be as anxious and I'm probably not going to be as depressed. So looking at your life as a whole to see, is it affecting your normal life? Or is your sleep being affected? Are you not showing up um, as your best self to work or as a mother or all of these things, then maybe you can look into getting help. And I think I provided you um, with a resource that I typically always give out on my page for the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Administration. And there's just so many resources on there that people can look into to see, you know, what options are available. Yeah, no, for sure. I saw that. It's a really good resource and I'll link it in the um, show notes for everyone. Mm -hmm. So let's take this and go into the wine mom culture because you have a huge Mm -hmm. issue with the wine mom culture. And (laughs) I'd love to dive into this because this is definitely something that you made me think twice about because I have a platform of, you know, I support stepmoms and I talk all Mm -hmm. the time to moms and, you know, they're have been so many times on my Instagram. I'm like, Oh, well that was a day. And then I like pour myself a glass of wine and I'm like on Instagram and, and talking about it. And it's never in, it's not like I'm using it to cope, but it's Mm -hmm. not that I'm not using it to cope. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely made me think about, you know, just the memes and the videos and the TikToks Mm -hmm. that are really just taking it to the next level with that parenting wine association. Like, how are you supposed to parent without wine? Yeah. I, um, it strikes a chord with me for so many reasons. And with honestly, like until I started creating those reels, I didn't realize how many other women are talking about this now. So it's not something that, you know, I just, came up with on my own. It was something that, you know, a lot of people are paying attention to now. And I, and it's creating again, this white noise in society where, you know, the pandemic is, it's been so hard for so many people. And so when you see these videos go viral of, um, a mother that I, I truly genuinely in my heart, I know she means no harm. She's not creating this TikTok or this reel to poke fun or to like hurt somebody's feelings or to cause somebody to feel normal in their addiction. But what it does is it does a few things. So it creates this white noise in our society that drinking and excess is a normal way to cope with stressful things, especially with children, which I know I said before, like we, we have so many places where I'm like, yes, alcohol is acceptable there. Parenting is the one thing that I just feel like it's not acceptable to be there 
not you shouldn't that, be drunk parenting. You, yeah. <laughs> like, like not that like you, no, I'm definitely not saying like you can't be a parent and drink. My husband has a healthy relationship with alcohol and I don't, and my, I am never going to be able to show my children what a healthy relationship with alcohol looks like. My husband will be able to do that. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that is one of the things within my message that kind of got misconstrued is like, Oh, like you don't think parents can drink. I totally think like what, like go to New Year's parties, do all these things, but not using your children as a, an an excuse or a reason that you're drinking in excess. So you have this white noise in society. So that creates like any women that are struggling or they might be going through some hard times with addiction. It's making them feel like, well, this is going on. So what I'm doing is normal and that's a normal way to cope the way that I'm dealing with this. So on the flip side, there are children that suffer because of it. We also have like so many teenagers and young adults that are on these platforms right now. Really, that's the biggest chunk that are on these platforms. And so them viewing these things, they're going to become parents sooner rather than later. And so Mm -hmm. we're showing them that this is okay. This is like acceptable in our society. And I think that when my driving force behind everything is I want to be a parent soon. And when I think for my children, I just want the world to be like a good place for them. And I think about how any of this would affect them. And that's why it was so important for me to create these things because I would get on and get kind of sad because if you're pouring a glass of vodka into a coffee cup at nine o'clock in the morning, your life is very sad. It's not something that is funny. And again, I don't think that people are doing this and they think about it in this way. But uh, someone that starts drinking that early, their days are sad. They're very sad and they're, they're probably living like a life that they wish they could change. And so poking fun at that is something I feel like we could look more into and we can just do better as a society mm-hmm. to support yeah, each that's other. that's true. For sure. And it's like, it's done in fun and it's done as a joke, mm-hmm. but it's actually, they're not, a lot of the people who are doing these videos or who are making these jokes or doing these memes, whatever, they're not actually d- drinking yeah. the vodka at nine yeah. in the morning. Yeah. There are people who are drinking the vodka at nine in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a fine balance between that. Right. Yeah. And so you're, I saw in one of your videos, it's like, people are actually making fun of this disease. This is a disease and it's yeah. almost like you're poking fun of it. Yeah. It's like the one, it's one of the last things that I feel like we have that it's okay to poke fun at. You know, there are like friends of mine, again, that I think they don't mean harm in doing it, but I've seen so many of them come out and say, you know, this pandemic and virtual schooling, it's going to turn me into an alcoholic. And that's not funny because it's actually hurtful when, when you are an alcoholic and you go through these, these things and like these traumatic experiences that I've heard from some of my followers, it's not an easy road to walk. It's actually hard. And so just being aware of that, I think is really important. And let me tell you, I'm not perfect 
I used to be that person, you know, I, before I got into recovery and I became like hyper aware of the world that was around me, I used to be that person. I used to say those things like all of the time. And so I've like learned how I was not being, you know, supportive Mm -hmm. of other people either before I got into recovery. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's a lot of us who will talk about, okay, well, we want to, I'm going to take a month off drinking. A lot of my girlfriends will just kind of like be talking on our mom chats or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a month off drinking and people aren't really supportive of that either. Right. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's great. Let's do it. Or, but it comes back to, well, what about that party next week? Or how are you going to get through the, should you wait until after the kids go back to school after lockdown or, you know, all of these things. And it's really questions. It brings into question our ability to cope. And our ability yeah. just to show up in life without alcohol. And yeah. I guess more and more, I'm just really changing the way that I think about it. Yeah. I think when people, even like when early in my recovery, people, they become so like, they're very inquisitive of like, oh my gosh, you're not drinking or why are like, why aren't you drinking or what do you want to drink? And I'd say water. Okay. Well, I know you want a water, but what do you want to drink? Um, and not supporting people in that way. I think we need to realize there's so many reasons that people choose not to drink. They, but their health reasons, or they might be pregnant and not wanting to share with somebody, or they might just be wanting to cut out alcohol for, you know, health to be healthy in general. And the more that we can support each other in that, then the more that you are going to be building just a community of love because People love to feel supported in this and shouted out. And even if it's for dry January, people love to know like, okay, I've made it this far. My husband's in dry January with me and it's hard even for a month. Like you think about, you know, with recovery, you focus on one day at a time, but you're praying for a lifetime of recovery. And with my husband, like I remember it's Jan- like January 4th and he's like, oh my gosh, what day is it? It's all, it's only the fourth. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think that the more that we can normalize when someone says I'm not drinking, just making it like, okay, cool. Awesome. I, I think. Still are sparkling. What do you want? So, yeah. 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 And, and I think there's also this misconception that you can't be fun unless you're drinking. So much. And I bought so much into that. Let me tell you, like I bought so much into like, that was my biggest fear. I'm going to lose all of my fun if I don't have alcohol. And I can't tell you, like I've laughed the hardest that I've ever laughed in my life. I celebrate every holiday, every milestone in my life without it. And I am truly the funnest that I feel like I've ever been because I'm in control. I'm not saying things that I would regret or doing things that I would regret or putting myself in dangerous situations anymore. I am just my full 100% self. And then people like that about you whenever you show up and you're just you. So I'm all about inspiring you to own your choices and be the expert on your own life and improve your relationships etc, etc. I feel like I put out some pretty deep game changing content. And you want to know one of the most common questions that I get? What deodorant do you use again? 
Yeah. A couple years ago, I went on a mission for a natural deodorant and I found one that I love from Primally Pure, which is a female founded company that handcrafts 100% natural and non-toxic skincare products. Naturally, I shared it on my Instagram stories and that was it. The weekly deodorant questions have not stopped since. So if you are looking for a natural deodorant, Primally Pure, I highly recommend. And I also have a discount code for you. Use Jamie10 at checkout and you can save 10% on your order. www.primallypure.com. I use the charcoal deodorant, but there is a quiz that you can take to determine which deodorant is best for you. And they have a huge line of other natural products, which are also super amazing. So check them out. www.primallypure.com. Use the code Jamie10 at checkout. After years of requests, I finally did it. I finally added a shop my faves section on my website. This community means the world to me, and I feel like we're all friends here. And when I find a good pair of workout pants or a tinted moisturizer that I love or a hoodie that looks cute and is comfortable, I share it with my friends. So I'm now sharing it with you too. My go-to skincare products, my favorite Lululemon picks, my day-to-day outfits. You can now get the links to all my go-tos on my website. Head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash shop my faves to check it out. How long did it take for people in your life to just get on board with it? At first, were they on board because they recognized there was a problem or was it this, oh, come on, like, let's have fun? Mm -hmm. I would say um, whenever I really decided this was something that I was really serious about sticking to, I only told my best friend, my husband and my mom. And I was serious with them. I needed the accountability. I said, I need you to hold me accountable. When I tell you I want to drink, I need you to tell me that I can't. And when I would go out in social settings, it would be kind of awkward. People would say that didn't know why they would say, what, are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? You're not telling us or, um, everybody, I, I would hear this. Everybody drinks like that. Everybody drinks like that. You're young. You're just having fun. Like you're fine. You don't have to like cut it completely out. Like you could just cut back. Well, with addiction, you can't just cut back. It is a mm-hmm. very black and white thing. And that I feel like is what's what's terrifying to a lot of people is thinking about cutting something out completely, never having mm-hmm. it again. And um, so, yeah, I think that that was probably the the weirder things. But the more that I go on in my recovery, the more confident that I become in when somebody is pushing and not in a way to shame them, but I like saying I can't drink because I'm an alcoholic. If someone's really pushing me, because I feel like, again, that word has such a, it has such a shame and a stigma attached to it when really it's my proudest accomplishment that I've had in my life so far. Like Mm -hmm. my sobriety comes before my marriage because my sobriety is what gives me a healthy marriage and a healthy life. And I am so proud to be in recovery and that I am not drinking anymore. And so I like people to know I'm a, I'm a recovered alcoholic and making it normal and okay. And like kind of cool Mm -hmm. to talk about is like one of my goals. Yeah. I love it. And I think that's so important 
Now, how would you recommend? So if someone's listening to this and they're like, oh shit, I think my friend's trying to quit drinking and I have been very unsupportive or I've been saying kind of the things that we've been talking about. What's the best way for someone to support someone who is trying to cut back and who's trying to, you know, go to these social situations and not drink? Yeah. I think that, um, the best way is to show love and support and just say like, if you need anything, you know, I'm here to talk. Some people that are cutting back during January, um, it is because they're realizing that they might have an addiction. And one of the best ways to support someone who is trying to stay sober. And I know this is like touchy for some people, but kind of abstaining while you're around them, you can be such a mega support system for that person um, to stand there in solidarity because they're not, they will feel less awkward in that social setting because they have a buddy there that they know is going to not be drinking with them. Um, And just like I said, being there and not really poking or prodding or asking questions as to why they're choosing not to drink, but just that you support them 100% and you're so proud and you're, you know, so really honored to be their friend because even, like I said, even for January, it's hard for people to go for a month. Like people will, they'll be like, I, it's a hard month to go through for people to not have any alcohol. So celebrating them is like, is super important too. You know, and I was doing dry January and I failed. Like Mm -hmm. I will, I will say I did, I was doing it and not because I was craving it or maybe it was, I I don't know. It just making me rethink the whole thing. Right. I was like, ah, whatever. like, we're just going to have a couple glasses of wine tonight. It's not a big deal. Um, but it is hard. It is very much part of our Mm -hmm. society and our routine. And I don't think that, I think it's just important to ask yourself why. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Why do I want to have the drink tonight? Like what, what is the motive behind it? And yeah, I just, like, I'm so grateful. I don't even know. I think I probably came across when you're real. like, I think that's how I found it. Yeah. Um, But I'm just so grateful that you've helped me just think differently about this topic because I definitely had a different perspective before, you know, even in my group of stepmoms, I have an online membership for stepmoms and we have wine Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Right. We have wine Wednesday where we get together and just kind of talk. And the whole, for me, it's about community and just getting together and connecting. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, okay, you can still connect without wine. Is that offensive Mm -hmm. to some people or yeah, it's just, it's loaded. Well, I appreciate you like, because I think a lot of my goal was to just start a conversation with those reels. So thank you for being open and kind of seeing um, my perspective on it, because I think for a lot of people, it was hard to watch those whenever I really, I would like read some of the nasty things people would say back and then I'd rewatch them. And I'm like, I still can't find like the problem about what I'm saying here. I think it goes against the grain of, you know, where our society is right now. And so it kind of will create people to feel like they're being attacked, but it was just for people to kind of look at it from a different perspective and a different viewpoint to see that there is danger with it. Like a lot. I mean, in the past 10 years, alcoholism in women has gone up 58%. That number is so large. It's so large. Mm -hmm. And it has a lot to do with the glamorization of alcohol in our society. And I can't imagine after this pandemic where those numbers will be because addiction is so, it's at an all time high right now. 
Oh, for sure. Actually, something just popped to my mind. Do you think that the increase in alcoholic women is Mm -hmm. due to just even the increased pressure that women have? Like, if you think about it, you have to be the the great mom, you have to be the great entrepreneur, the great career woman, or like do all the things like the social media, like the pressure for women, especially right now during this pandemic it is so cranked up. Like it is just, it's, I feel like a lot of the pressure has come down on women, especially when it comes to looking after kids at home and homeschooling and all the things. I can't imagine, like I'm not a mother yet and I can't imagine what the pressures, because I mean, I think women in general, just in general, being a wife, I have, you know, you'll hold more, like you get the groceries, you know, you cook the food, you clean, you do (laughs) the mental load, right? Yeah. And then you add on being a mother on top of it. I can't even imagine all of those things. I 1 million percent think that, um, that has a major thing to do with it because we can, we only have a finite amount of energy. We only have Mm -hmm. a finite amount of time. And so, you know, you getting all of these things done and then you add on that life has totally shifted. It's totally changed in a year. Mm-hmm. It's crazy yes. to think back, like, I think it was what, like March 12th or 13th, like when the world like just shut down and everything was so different. We're coming up on a year of that. And that's a long time for people to get adjusted and to try to figure out, you know, what works best. Mm-hmm. So last question for you, when you were r- just starting recovery or in that process where you're just trying to, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that was the most challenging time is to get rid mm-hmm. of those urges or to cope with those urges. What did you do to do that? What did you do to cope when you really wanted to grab a glass of wine? What did you do instead? So it's crazy because right now I am using Talkspace. Um, so it's an app where you have like therapy sessions, kind of like this. It's like over like a Zoom mm-hmm. call or Skype call. And yesterday I had a session and she said, um, she asked me this. So it's co- so crazy that you you asked me this. Um, I w- was asking her about coping mechanisms. And I said, my goal is for me to have very healthy coping mechanisms for my children one day. I want to be able to show them how to cope. And I said, I'm honestly like, I'm in this gray area. Like, what is a coping mechanism? And and like, what do you think, like, if we walk through some things, like, could you show me how I'm coping? So we walked through like several different situations. And she said, what, when you get really angry or something triggers you, um, you know, whether with anything in your life right now, what stops you from not drinking? Like, what, like, what is the thing that you're just like, no, I'm not going to drink because of. And I said, I, I would have to say, I think about my life and what I want for me and my husband and for my children. I never want my, my future children to see me drunk or to experience trauma or anything like that, that I saw in my life. And so that's my like driving force for really staying sober is I'm always thinking about them and, and how I want their life to be. And she said, that's a coping mechanism. You are using that you're using, you know, your, your future children and thinking about the life that you want to give them. That's how you're coping through that. So, and I never realized that until like I talked it through with her 
Um, but you have to also look at your habits that you have, because really that's what it is. You, you pick up a bad habit and that's what I did. I had a bad habit of drinking for any really reason, Friday through Monday. And I had to create new habits and new traditions for me to look forward to. So Friday, instead of picking up two to three bottles of wine at the grocery store with a pack of cigarettes, me and my husband started a new tradition where we would get sushi from our favorite restaurant every Friday and we would sit on the couch. And I don't know if you've ever watched this TV show, but have you ever seen, do you remember when Live PD was on, but it's not on anymore? Oh. So no, is it like it a was like, police show? It was like a live cops. Like in real time, you were like watching these like police chases and stuff. It would be like yeah. such an adrenaline rush to watch. And we would do it every Friday. It became a part of my social media. It would be Sushi and Live PD every Friday. Um, but it's not <laughs> on anymore, unfortunately. But it became, I knew Friday I'd have like a, a week like, and I'd be stressed out for work, but I'd always be like, I have Friday, we're going to have Sushi and we're going to have Live PD. And that was my new tradition instead of going up and picking up those bottles of wine and just drinking by myself on the back porch. I love that. So, you know, instead, maybe you could change it to Saturday morning hot yoga yeah. or, yeah. Okay. So replacing like retreating, you're still treating yourself. New. Yeah. But in a healthier way and, and really looking at the people that you surround yourself with. I talked about this before on my social media, but when you, I used to work for a, one of my bosses who she was just a light, like she really was such a motivation to me. And she said, you become who the top five people who you surround yourself with. And mm -hmm. so look at your circle too, because you want supportive and positive people in your life too, because I had to cut people out. That's another scary thing for people. They think if I get sober, am I going to lose friends? Well, you have to look at who you consider a friend and like, are they really supporting you? And do they want you to rise? And do they want you to live your best life? And then if they don't, then you make new ones and you find these people that are mm -hmm. your people. Yeah. As you grow, you kind of shed people. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. And not in a, I'm not trying to offend anyone or, but you, you start to surround yourself with people who are more aligned with where you're going. And as people yeah. grow, that's just what happens. And I think people get mm -hmm. scared to grow because they're scared to lose those relationships that they feel are super safe and they're super comforting because they're familiar and they're normal. But when you start to, and I just, I just know this from my own life, when you start to surround yourself with people who are just really aligned with what you're doing and where you're going and how you're feeling and what you're focusing on, it's just a, such a better feeling. It's like, it is, it's like you start to grow and you start to morph and then, the, then your energy frequency like attracts those people that are more on your energy level. And then it's just a, it's so much more of a balance where if you feel like you're constantly pulling someone along and they're dragging you down. It's a, to, it's totally like off kilter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So true. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you, know you what, so much for having me. Oh yeah. I'm so glad we were able to set this up. So before we wrap it up, tell us what you also are a super successful entrepreneur. So give us a lowdown about what you have going on there. And I'm going to link all of the information too, because I think it's yeah. great. You're super talented. Um, oh, thank you. And you yeah. I always blush. watch your makeup. <laughs> I, I watch your makeup tutorials and I'm like, how do I do that? But 
So good. Thank you. Yeah. So I have like my platform really like my biggest thing that I talk about is obviously my recovery and my sobriety, but I also do makeup tutorials really just quick and easy, like talking to the everyday average woman. I think contouring is something that's so scary for a lot of people. And so I work to just simplify it into like a three to five minute cream makeup routine. And it's just easy for like, I think whenever I first saw somebody contour, it was Kim Kardashian and she had like all of this makeup on and it was such a lot, like a 45 minute process. And I was like, I'd never be able to do that. I would never be able to sit and do that. So, um, that's, that's kind of like where I steer to is just for the everyday average woman that wants a, a second skin look to their face with contouring. Yeah. And you're so talented too. So we're going to link all of that information. Thank you you so much for coming on. I'm sure we're going to have to do this again. Thank you so much. I know. I I was really like so excited to be on. I can't thank you enough for inviting me. And again, like being open to my message, I, I think that was my goal. And so hearing that you were able to look at it from a different viewpoint, it makes me happy and it, and it makes me realize that it was worth it for me to put those out there. Yeah. You know, I think this year it's, well, now it's 2021, but 2020 was a really tough year, but also a year that really for so many reasons made people stop and think Mm -hmm. about how they're approaching conversations, how they're looking at the world, how they're viewing things. And, you know, there were tons of different topics that came into that. And I do really think this wine mum culture was a part of the conversation because, Mm -hmm. With COVID, it was a it was a huge coping mechanism. Yeah. For a totally. lot of people. So yes. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share in social media, and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much, and I will talk to you next week.